1: Today on the Zavecast, are the Steelers on the verge of an implosion? Notorious J.A.Y. says, oh yeah, the big one is here. We'll talk club days, I've got the Triple G fight, Burt and Ernie, barbershops, and a whole lot more. All that plus how Ticketmaster is like the printer industry. If you've got 45 minutes to kill, then buckle up and let's go! Oh, 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 oh. Here we go! Thursday, September 20th, 2018. Thank you for downloading. Let's get started. Before we have Notorious J-A-Y on the phone, I came across something very interesting today on the internet. (gasps) You did? Do tell. So I went to a little website called www.mlb.com. Apparently it is the website of Major League Baseball, which I've been told is one of the four major professional sports in America. Very popular. Makes a lot of money. MLB.com. And I went to the uh, sub-site of my baseball team, the Washington Nationals. They are not technically eliminated, but they are essentially eliminated. And I was reading up on... Bryce Harper and how he has pulled out of his slump that you know kind of mired him for the first half of the year. He was hitting like two ten early on in the season. His average is now up to two. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Um, Bottom line is, so I'm I'm, I'm reading about Bryce Harper and I'm looking at the Nationals' website that's nested under underneath MLB.com, and I see on the left of my screen, I'm looking at it right now, I'm moving my cursor over it right now, I see this picture of Kevin Costner and the headline, Costner Facing Legal Action. (laughs) Multiple charges against the esteemed actor may result in significant sentence time. And the website that purports to report this is Groovy Walker. That's what it says. Now, this is one of these clickbait, ad choice, throw it in there, let's just get enough click-throughs, just a sheer volume play where websites will put these things up there. Now, my website, zabe.com, I do use Google AdSense, and what you search for in your dirty ass porn habits are likely to show up in the ad windows, of which there are two on my my website, by the way, I'm not making a mint on that. It's barely covering the hosting fees, but whatever. Whenever I go there, I see, maybe because I search for reputable things, I see reputable ads for reputable products on my own website. Whatever this shit is, though, is is way beneath Major League Baseball. I, I don't know. M- maybe it's my browser that's doing this, but it's right here. It's on Major League Baseball's page. So, even though I'm like, Kevin Costner facing legal action. I would have heard about this. I would have known about this. I'm not going to click on this shit. What is it? And then I'm like, all right, let me just go ahead and see. Click. All right, here we go. Uh, GroovyWalker.com. <laughs> Ultimate. Gu- I'm looking at the webpage URL, and it says, Ultimate Guide, which camera can I buy the best? <laughs> and I'm like, okay, someone does know my Google search habits because they are certainly on the on the on the on the path here with this one. There's a website. So so that's what the URL says. Groovy Walker, Ultimate God Camera, blah blah blah, blah. hashtag this, that, whatever. The the page though looks like a news page and it looks like Fox News. The browser tab reads Fox News. However, The actual masthead of the website does not say Fox News. It just says News, and it's got the headlines on it. So I clicked on this link because it said, Kevin Costner facing legal charges may face significant sentence time, which is actually a syntax error that doesn't really make sense. But whatever. Well, here's the headline on the click-through. Exclusive, Kevin Costner comes out and reveals how he fixed his bedroom problems. <laughs> leading, the subhead is, leading experts are amazed. Big Pharma is terrified. Written by Wolf, Ralph Weilers, published on Wednesday, September 19th, 2018. So, well, it's, a, it's a new story. So it says. And to make me want to stay on this page even longer, there's a picture of Costner with a very attractive, young, Blonde Fang. Kevin Costner, 63, has made big, made a big name for himself in Hollywood as a bold, straight talker who doesn't mind being honest about the way things are. However, his latest admission in an interview on the Dr. Oz show has left network sponsors seething. Costner caused a commotion yesterday when he spoke out about decade-long tensions with his former lover, Nicole Jarras, all stemming from his erectile dysfunction. Hey, wait a minute. We're a long way from Costner facing charges. What? But after he started working with Dr. Oz, they were able to find a solution that fixed it. Quote, Dr. Oz and I have done our research, spoken to specialists and industry insiders, Costner said, when he appeared on the show, and they helped us create this product, Magnum Pump XR. And boy, can I tell you, this stuff is incredibly potent. I've tried all the top products and Magnum Pump XR blows them out of the water. Unquote. Kevin Costner didn't say all this. What episode of Dr. Oz was he? What? So obviously this is just a penis enhancement, a erectile dysfunction clickbait hole. So I kept digging, because why not? I'm digging down a clickbait hole. Up under the Hot Topics, it says Texas Shooter Arsenal. Profile of Texas's victims. Trump heads to Asia. Wait a minute. Didn't Trump head to Asia before. Maybe he's in Asia now. Texas shooter. What Texas shooter? Was there another shooting? Holy shit. What am I missing here? Click. Here we go. Texas shooter arsenal. Oh, no. It took me to Magnum Pump XR. Medical strength male enhancement. There's the bottle right there. Claim your free trial today, now available without prescription. Got me? All right. Question. What the fuck is Major League Baseball putting this shit on their website for? How does this work? Does any does Major League Baseball not care? Are they really getting paid or is this something that is slapped on top of my browser where Major League Baseball has no control over it? Who's getting this money? How do they think this is a good look? Is there not enough? Can you, Major League Baseball, can you not sell ads based on the traffic of your own website, MLB.com? Has my browser been hacked? I don't know what's going on here. Very weird. But I can report, and I'm glad to report, Kevin Costner not facing legal action. The beloved, handsome actor who's been in many fine movies and Waterworld is not apparently in legal trouble. He may have penis problems, maybe, but he says he's worked those out thanks to Dr. Oz. Or not. It could all be just made up. Who knows? With that, we say hello to the notorious Jay. Bidip, 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 bidip. Oh, oh, there you are. Hello, hello. What's up, Jay? To the co. How are you? I'm fine, man. That's pretty lame, actually. Hey, let me start with this question. Remember the long? Remember a long time ago, I uh, said I saw a great DJ at a club in Miami for the Super Bowl. And, I do, and I, I I told you his name, and you're like, oh yeah, that dude's really famous, really good. You wouldn't happen to remember that dude's name, would you?
2: I believe it was DJ Clue who you saw.
1: DJ Clue. Yes. Okay, good. Because yesterday here on the ZabeCast, I went through my list of 20 questions about modern DJs. Because me and Scott Lynn went to the legendary Hakkasan nightclub at MGM Grand in Las Vegas. And it was quite the experience for a couple of middle-aged white dudes.
2: I'm guessing it was a lot of... Techno house music. It
1: wasn't that quick, but it was definitely uh, most of the beats went one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. So I asked, (laughs) I
2: asked, I like to move it, move it. I like to
1: move it, move it. it. Right, exactly. And somebody sent me the spoof of, uh, I believe it was uh, the great Andy Sandberg who did a spoof about when is the bass going to drop. It was like a three minute SNL digital short. And the whole thing was he was a DJ who all he did was, like, press one button. And he got the crowd all whipped up into a frenzy about when was the bass going to drop. And he kept teasing them. All the while, he was doing stuff like cooking eggs and playing Jenga. Kind of mocking the fact that modern DJs, some of them, don't have to do anything very creative.
2: No. most, Most of them suck because they come in with their music on their USB flash drive, which they did two days before. Stick it in, press play, and think I'm supposed to be happy with that.
1: Right. Here's an email from Adam Mutai who says, they have heard your radio and podcast. By the way, awesome job. Thank you. Ding, ding. On the club scene, I think of myself as young and hip enough to try to address your questions. He says, DJs get popular by creating their own songs or remixes with vocals or other elements of, say, a Katy Perry song with their own spin on it. Having those songs then played by other popular DJs in the mainstream radio, releasing free mixes for people to listen to on various online platforms, and word of mouth all gets them promoted. Then they hopefully get signed to a major label who will provide marketing and other support for the artist. There are DJs on various ends of the skill spectrum. Some are notorious pre-planners or button mashers. Some like the DJ in Miami that you saw, parentheses Carl Cox,
2: question mark. Yeah, Carl Cox is the very popular DJ,
1: yes. Okay, are very talented using turntables to scratch or otherwise manipulate music. Yes, that was the guy that I saw. Okay. In, well, right. no, it wasn't yeah, Carl Cox. Cox no, no, it wasn't Carl Cox. I don't know I don't know if it was Carl Cox or uh ball or what would you say the guy's name was? DJ, DJ Clue. Oh, DJ Clue, right. All I know is that it was fascinating to watch him work, and he was just nonstop Picking records, picking records, picking records, taking them off the turntable. Like, nope, that doesn't work. Nope, that doesn't work. Nope, that doesn't work. Nope, that doesn't work. Uh, others are known as being trendsetters and just great performers who know how to throw a party, like low No deep. Do you know any of these modern guys, by the way? Diplo, no, Afro no, I Afrojack, mean, Tiesto. A guy Harris.
2: There's a guy named Calvin Harris. Calvin Harris. Very,
1: we found love. Uh,
2: DJ in- Skrillex is a is a very famous one.
1: Right, 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 right.
2: Um, but most of these guys are press play, and I'm not impressed. Like Paris Hilton is a DJ.
1: Yeah, Chumley from Pawn Stars is a DJ.
2: Yeah, I mean, you just you just <laughs> do stuff before you stick it in. Aren't impress- some
1: of the mooks from Jersey Shore
2: DJs? Uh, Paulie and Paulie D. I'm, <laughs> I'm not impressed with. Okay, Zay... I've covered sports for 20 years, and I've been around. I've seen Jordan, Barry Bonds, Pragmatics is one day. I was like, that's cool. Kobe. But I, um, when I worked at 92Q in Baltimore, uh, one night um, there was a there was a guy who was a legendary Baltimore DJ. His name was Reggie Reg. And he would have, he had his own mix show on Friday nights at 8. And one day he said, you got to come in because Jazzy Jeff is coming in. That possibly was the greatest thing I've ever seen watching Jazzy Jeff, who is the best. Everybody thinks Will Smith, Jazzy Jeff joke. Jazzy Jeff is known as the best DJ ever watching him go from record to record. Yeah. Cross, cross fade and scratch was the greatest thing I've ever seen in my entire life.
1: Yeah, no, that's cool. That's awesome. Yeah. And what's DJ Jazzy Jeff doing these days? Not he's hanging still out, DJs. With the, but he's not hanging out with the Fresh Prince.
2: They still hang out. They did something in um, in England about okay. two or three years ago where it. No, he still they still hang out. They're still friends.
1: Didn't Calvin Harris write "We Found Love in a Lonely Place" with Rihanna?
2: I think he did, or he may have remixed it.
1: Okay. Uh, by the way, this emailer Adam Mutai says DJs can make an insane amount of money. Yeah, Calvin like, Harris uh, makes or has made around two hundred million for yeah. his residency contract
2: there I, was there was there was a dj uh, about six seven years ago he since died his name was dj am and he was the he started the mashups when you would take like a hip-hop song and a rock song mash them up i remember he was making a million at yeah. a club in in vegas he was like the first big, big 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 dj that went mainstream
1: yeah uh i asked the question so uh is there a legal limit on volume at a night because I literally said, "This level of volume is going to break eardrums."
2: I'm not. I'm not going to pretend to even know that. I can't. I can't say.
1: This guy says that it depends on the location because some okay. of the outdoor music festivals, the volume limits are higher because you're trying to cast the music out over a much larger area that's not enclosed.
2: What's What's the one big one in um, that everybody goes to? Uh, what's What's the one big outdoor festival? I'm sure somebody will ma- email Ultra, you
1: it's, Izu Moonrise.
2: No, no it's oh god I can't I can't it's in California they have it every year but they have DJs there and I've seen you know YouTube videos where the the bass is insanely something.
1: Okay. I I saw I saw some uh, music festival or DJ festival or just a festival, I don't know what they call them. That was used. I was I was only watching this video on YouTube, Jay, because it was a it was a promotion for, like, uh, GoPro cameras, because they had, like, GoPros filming this. And I was, like, fascinated by it. It was over somewhere in Europe. You could tell a lot of Europeans, you know, with their sort of unshaved, shaggy looks, even the girls.
2: Oh, stop. And
1: it was it was wild. I was like, God, I want to go to one of those things. But I'd look like an old lame man, and I would have to wear earplugs. Limo. Lamo. <laughs> This guy does say he goes this guy does email me. He says, "Look, I've seen many people wearing earplugs to concerts uh and no mocking. So, people don't mock. I also have to p- ask if people hook up in the club and he said, "Yes, but it's a different mating ritual than say a bar." And he said, "Drugs, drugs and more drugs."
2: Don't doubt any of that, but I remember, you know, I, b- I believe my last club going hard was early 2000s and if you saw a girl the dj played a lot of good stuff you danced you hooked up that's how that went
1: okay there you it was go that
2: easy it was that easy
1: all right let's get to sports because there's plenty to talk about how about your Steelers right now jay
2: huh zaben we are looking at a five and eleven season six and, i'm i you you laugh i'm telling you it's going off the rails it's Mike Tomlin is not the type of coach that can turn stuff around. You look at his record. If everything goes well, twelve and 4, 11 and five. But if you look, if there's an injury or two, Ben gets hurt. Well, any quarterback gets hurt. But an injury or two to a to a wide receiver or something, they get they have a seven and nine. But this season is going off the rails at a breakneck speed. Antonio Brown is bitching. The Le'Veon Bell. It is I'm telling you, Zay Well, the okay. tornadoes are, are terrible. Oh yeah. It, it's five and eleven. I'm telling five you. And 11. Down. Not five too and good.
1: 11. All right. Lots to unpack here, but let me just start with this. Drama last year, right? And you still went thirteen and three.
2: Uh, and you would have had home. Went, you minute, wait, had what a, drama last year.
1: Uh wasn't there Facebook Live drama with Antonio Brown early in was, the season?
2: No, that was after the playoff game. Oh, no. Okay. That, was, that was two years ago. It yeah. might have no been dra-
1: there was no drama last year. None whatsoever. No
2: drama last year. And look what they did. But if anytime there's drama, Tomlin doesn't know how to rein it in. Oh wait a minute. Made.
1: Wait a minute. There was some drama. Your star linebacker nearly got paralyzed.
2: That's true, but that wasn't that wasn't locker room drama. That okay. wasn't player drama. That was an unfortunate injury.
1: Horrific. Terrible. And have you seen yes. have you seen him walking lately?
2: and doing pull-ups. Yeah. He, do you see him doing Yeah, he's on the sideline last week.
1: Oh, I've seen the pull-ups. Have you seen him walk?
2: Okay. I have not. Wait a minute. No, no. Didn't he walk at He walked I out think he was at, at
1: halftime or, t- yeah. or a coin flip of some high school game, I believe. And you I know mean, what? Look. And you know what, Jay? Fucked up. He's fucked up. He's fucked up for life. I know it's inspiring to go, "Man, I'm I'm so behind him in his and his fight to get back, and, and and I hope he keeps pushing. But the dark, unfortunate underbelly to all of it is he's fucked up.
2: I know, but I mean, I can't. I mean, look, he was nearly paralyzed, and he now is living a productive life. I hope he never comes back. I just want him to live a full, oh, healthy life.
1: Again, Google search him walking. He's not I'll coming back. Him talking about coming back was the most insane thing ever. But you didn't want to go, hey, that's insane. Stop talking about that. Because you want him to have goals, right? And you want to have him to be able, you know, the way to motivate you to get that one inch of mobility back after a grueling week of rehab is to think, I'm going to play football again someday. But there is no way
2: he's no, going to play no, football no, again. No, there's no. That there, there, You're exactly right about that. There's no way Ryan air ever plays tackle football all in the right, NFL. All
1: right, so about the Steelers, let's talk about Tomlin. Uh, you know, it's funny because, uh, speaking as a white guy, Jay, uh, you're always very sensitive when you're critical of black coaches in the NFL, lest somebody say, Hey man, stop being a racist. Okay. But I have noticed, and I think you're now in this camp and I know that big Tony, who's, who's certainly black himself on. He a- hasn't called me
2: by the way. He, he always calls me.
1: I love big Tony and, and big Tony has been anti Tomlin as a hardcore Steeler fan forever. And so there's a little there's a little black on black crime here. You tell me what you don't like about Tomlin because he talks a tough game, but he doesn't seem to have control of his locker room.
2: That is you are 100% correct. Well, Ring a ding what, ding we ding see, what we don't see. What we don't but I have like I said when when the locker room gets a little messy, it all goes off the rail. And he'll come in, in the the Monday or Tuesday press conference you know, the, the standard is the standard. Next man up. Blah, <laughs> yes. blah, blah, blah. He sounds
1: great. It's, he cuts a great sound bite in front of the microphones. But and, is, he, but, really, and, is know, he really keeping his team in line? No, probably not.
2: And, and you know what? There's, there's a shelf life. And his shelf life may be up.
1: Okay. I enjoy watching you know, him. But he's not the coach of my team, so I don't have a dog in the fight. I enjoy him as a, pardon my word choice here, Colorful character on NFL sidelines, of which we need colorful characters. I want the Jerry Glanvilles of the world and the uh, and the Bum Phillipses back. You know, back when coaches had style and panache.
2: Who are the well? Who is the the, the a style coach now? We don't have many. And by well, many, I mean Rex Ryan was three. A,
1: Rex Ryan was a style act here. I'm going to go to. NFL. I mean, right now. Well, hold on. Let me go to stand. I'm not a computer, Jay. Okay. You ask me who's a style coach. This is a new question for me. I need to at least look at the teams in the NFL to give me a crib sheet. All right? Oh, Here we go. Okay. First of all, let's see if we can name all the coaches. You ready? God, you up for the challenge? All right, I, Dolphins. I, I, I'm not going to lie. I'm Dolphins, Adam Gase. G- a- uh, Adam. Gaze. G- Gase. Gaze. He's not yeah. a style coach. Belichick, no. He's gonna he- uh, Todd Bowles, boring as the day is long.
2: But you know what? He got that team to win last year. He should have got coach of the year for that. That was a horrible jet team. Yeah,
1: okay. Uh, Buffalo Bills, uh, uh, Sean McDermott, boring.
2: Yeah, and Fireton.
1: Bengals, Marvin Lewis, boring. No. John Harbaugh. D-bag. Uh, Hugh Jackson. No. Uh, Tomlin, style coach. Style coach. Uh, Jaguars, Doug Marone. Frumpy. No. Frumpy douchebag. Not a douchebag. He's just a frump. A dump. He's frumpy. Yes. Didn't we talk last week? Did I tell you last week he says he doesn't watch the Super Bowl? Yes,
2: which yeah. is yeah.
1: unbelievable, ridiculous. Uh, Titans' Rabel. Don't know yet. Probably not a style coach. Uh, Colts. No.
2: And it's uh, Frank uh, Frank Reich.
1: Frank Reich. Yeah. Uh, Texans and Bill O'Brien, my doppelganger. Style. Maybe.
2: Maybe. Yeah, I don't know Maybe. about that.
1: Andy Reid, the fat man in Kansas City, style coach or not no okay vance having the time of his life joseph in denver not a style no. coach chargers ken hunt or no wait no hold on a second is he still the coach there chargers. uh Red. no it's uh it's the brother now for the la oh. Chargers. anthony ray lynn yeah.
2: yeah i okay didn't even know he was there, there by the way isn't go. it great that you don't have to go he's a black coach he's just a coach. There's so many of them. There's so many black coaches
1: now. I, look, look at them all. Yeah. Anthony Lynn, Vance Joseph.
2: The guy uh, in Arizona.
1: Tomlin, Hugh Jackson. Uh, yeah. The guy in the, yeah. Run, run through a bunch of them. Okay. Uh, Oakland Raiders, Chucky Gruden, the ultimate the style, style coach. coach. Yes, act, very true. Style yes. act. <laughs> okay. Uh, Red Jesus in Dallas. Uh, uh, Gary. <laughs> no. The not, ginger. Not no. at all. Uh, Jay Gruden, complete you know n- non-entity uh is uh in philadelphia is what's his name god i can't think today fucking a- i've had the worst day remembering shit at the tempo j <laughs> that i normally need to remember shit at as a sports radio host so frustrating it's like being off if you're an athlete i've had an off day
2: the guy doug peterson doug peterson yeah
1: not no, a style guy. Not coach. a style.
2: Not not a style.
1: No. Okay. Pat Shermer in New York. New guy. Not a no. definitely not a style guy. Boring. Uh McCarthy in Green Bay. Boring and a bad coach at that. Uh Mike Zimmer. Now, this guy may not be a style coach, but did you see his answer to whether it was hard to cut his kicker or not?
2: What did he say?
1: They go, they go, so what was your thinking about, you know, uh with uh, Daniel Carlson and how things were going to go and he just cuts off the reporter going did you see the game last week <laughs> and the reporter goes the reporter goes yeah yeah okay and then the reporter changed his question to say well was it was it a hard decision then and mike zimmer goes no no it really wasn't and then turns his head jay as if to turn away from the questioner like i'm not going to go any further it was not hard to cut him the dick missed three field goals and it cost us the game <laughs> Mike Zimmer. You know Mike Zimmer I is like a Mike Zimmer, I, I, I like, like Mike him. Zimmer a lot. I like him a lot. uh Bears.
2: D- don't even know who it is.
1: <laughs> Come on. You gotta love Matt Nagy, the new head I mean, coach oh, of the man, Bears. I, no,
2: that's right. I did. No, I've heard people say he's a great coach. Okay. Haven't seen it yet.
1: Okay. How about Matt Patricia? A bit of a a,
2: a slob <laughs> act be that fat and disgusting looking and be an NFL coach, I guess you can.
1: He is, but you better be with a winning program. Uh, It is, by the way, the Patricia Bowl this weekend as the Patriots travel to take on the Lions. In fact, I think that is the Sunday nighter.
2: Oh, God.
1: Hold on a second. Yes, Sunday night. Patricia Bowl. Pats at Lions. Uh, Belichick was asked, why do so many of your assistants not succeed elsewhere? And Belichick's answer was, I'm not really into analytics.
2: <laughs> he should have said, neither Tom Brady nor I go with them. <laughs>
1: right, which would have been the honest, truthful answer, but he's not going to yeah. give you that. Okay, uh, Buccaneers. Again, I can't think of these things. Now, <laughs> I, now I'm choking under pressure. Uh, <laughs> I, I know these coaches. People are going to dirt Dirk Cutter. Dirk Cutter. He's Dirk, oh, By yeah. the way, Dirk Cutter and Sean Payton have real heat between each other. You know that, right? Cuz they got into a no. like, Yeah, they got into an extended handshake snit last year uh, after one of their games. I'm looking at it right now. now. Here you go. Let me Dirk you Cutter versus really... Sean Payton handshake. You can look it up on the interwebs.
2: Is it is it is who who was it that uh, Jim Schwartz got into
1: it? Uh a Schwartz years with ago. Harbaugh. That, that's, yeah. where, that's where I got the nickname for him, Jimmy Hardpaw, because he gave a I hard know. handshake and Schwartz didn't like the rah-rah handshake.
2: Love Jim Schwartz, 1984, Mount St. Joe graduate. Love I Jim know. Schwartz. Uh,
1: and he's doing a great job as D coordinator for the Eagles right now. Uh, Sean yes. Payton has been uh, – Sean Payton, uh, shortly after the Buccaneers beat the Saints 31-24, in the final regular season game last year, Chris Godwin hauling in a TD pass from Jameis Winston with nine seconds left. Peyton and Tampa coach Dirk Cutter engaged in a prolonged, contentious handshake. Peyton took the slapping Ketter, Dirk Cutter on the chest harder than normal. It wasn't the only time Peyton threw a little shade to an opponent week 14. He made a choking sign to Falcons running back Devontae Freeman. Sean Peyton is a style coach.
2: Okay, I like Sean Peyton,
1: though. Okay, he's got his plate full this year because they should be zero two. They should have lost to the Browns. Uh, Falcons. Uh, what's his name uh, from the the guy who threw away the Super Bowl? Eagle or the former Seahawks coach, D coordinator, bald head. Why can't I remember names today? It's killing me.
2: I cannot remember his name. I'm looking. <laughs> so
1: Stan Quinn.
2: Oh, Dan okay. Fucking I, Quinn. Well, I just know he's got. He's getting Sarkeesian. So.
1: Okay. Carolina Panthers.
2: Oh, Rivera.
1: Yeah, not a style coach.
2: Right. Sean
1: yeah. Sean Payton's a style coach. Out west, Sean McVay. Because I of like his,
2: Sean McVay, is he is style, he a, is he's he a style smoking coach? Hot girlfriend, smoking hot girlfriend, and he's young and hip. Style coach, and he can coach though. Good coach and style.
1: Okay, Kyle, Shan- coach. Kyle Shanahan, San Francisco style coach, not a style coach.
2: Not a style coach. Uh no.
1: Pete Carroll, style
2: coach style coach yes and i love That's the fact five. i love
1: the fact that he is choking on that fucking gum this year they're owing two and they're headed for four and 12 in the lottery god the seahawks are bad i love and it
2: somebody somebody texted me saturday when they fire uh clay helton when you'd like to have uh pete carroll back and i was like <laughs> that never works i never john, works. remember john robinson came back a second time at usc it yeah. doesn't work no yeah. i don't want him back no
1: uh arizona cardinal steve wilkes New meat. He's the yep. undercover brother. He's very chill. He's not a foul coach. Undercover brother.
2: <laughs>
1: and Arizona looks god-awful. Okay. Yes, are
2: they the worst team? Are they the worst team in football?
1: Well, in my power rankings after two weeks, Jay, they are... Oh, wait a minute. That's right. Didn't I fuck that guy in a power ranking? I think I yes, did. You I, did. I included power ranking guy as a fuck that guy. We don't do power rankings. Although we'll, I will start doing Tears of a Clown after week four. I want to Thank see you. four weeks of the puzzle, not two and not three, because we still don't know shit about who's good or not. All right, so you're saying your Steelers crash and burn, 5-11, and 11, miss the playoffs. Tomlin's gone. Le'Veon's gone. Is Antonio Brown gone?
2: I think they, they gave him too much money, So, but it's Garrett. He's got his upfront money. I don't know how much he would be against the cap if they traded him. Okay to someone else. So I'm not sure. All
1: right. Triple G Canelo Alvarez. I did see your tweets on fight night (laughs) and, and I believe you were taking issue with one of my rounds. I scored, but I think you and I both agreed at the end of the fight that triple G won that fight and he got robbed a second time. Yes. Yes. Yes.
2: I was boxing took a hit. That was the night that boxing could have stepped forward and they screwed. Boxing cannot get out of its own way, but, It was the best fight I've seen, and people are going to go, what, since Mickey Ward and uh, Arturo Gotti. Because they stayed in the middle of the ring. They did. You could fight in the phone booth. That was a great, and by the way, both of them had the best chins I've ever seen.
1: Oh, it's crazy.
2: It's crazy, because they they were throwing bombs.
1: They were throwing bombs against each other, and neither one looked like they were ready to go down. Incredible fitness as well. Why when was the last have all boxing matches gone to 12 rounds not 15?
2: Uh fifth and they stopped 15 and I'm um, after Duke Koo Kim died when he fought really? um uh, 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 Ray, Vinnie, Mancini. Ray Mancini Ray Mancini right yeah I believe they changed it from 15 to 12 but by the way when they fought 15 oh my god that after like round 13 or 14 some guys would just be dead that that, that was a good decision going to 12 but 15 rounds you had to be in shape to go 15
1: is there any way to induce a winner in boxing without inviting serious brain damage in other words take the refs out of it take the the scoring uh out of it the judges take the judges out of it
2: oh i no it'll be like 1909 bare bare knuckle now maybe how about after
1: up? the 10th round you put on lighter gloves
2: <laughs> and kill and have someone killed. Yes.
1: <laughs> how about how about how about if a bout is still not over after after ten rounds, you have to stand there with your arms at your side and let the other guy punch you in the stomach five times in a row. As hard as he can. And whoever can withstand that. So you're not getting brain damage, but you're finding out who's the tougher guy. It would be the equivalent of a boxing shootout.
2: <laughs> Why would you just Rochambeau? You just stand, and you, you just
1: get... you just alternate. You alternate until somebody goes down. <laughs> and, if, and if after three more rounds
2: of that, there's still no winner, then you allow nut shots. <laughs> that's what I, that's what I mean. Ro, you just like Rochambeau, just kick him in the nuts, oh. and whoever stands up, there you go.
1: Oh my god! Well, but, but, I, there but, there but, are but, there but, are but, there are boxing people, Jay, that insist that Canelo won the fight by virtue of winning a preponderance of early rounds. There Uh, are,
2: it was, it was such a close fight, but it's what you look for. It's what, because Canelo was walking down triple G, which nobody expected that to happen. No. Yeah, he was. And he was, you know, he was walking through his punches, but triple G was still landing those shots. And I remember Roy Jones, who, by the way, is as punch drunk as they come. I was going to
1: say, give me a quick shot on the announcers. Uh, thoughts on Jim Lampley?
2: Oh, he's still still
1: the best. It's fantastic, isn't he? Yeah. Uh, Max Kellerman.
2: I like Max Kellerman.
1: I do too. And Roy Jones is out there.
2: He's he's he was saying some crazy crazy stuff. But how about it, ha-
1: how about Harold Letterman, who at one point admitted,
2: "I don't even know what I'm looking at here." That was after the ninth round. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> by the way isn't it doesn't everybody have a great harold letterman impression which Ah, makes me laugh i guess
1: so (laughs) all i I know is that you know my scorecard which is rank amateur casual boxing fan was exactly the same as harold letterman's through six rounds so yeah so that just (laughs) tells you something about boxing all right we all have our opinions Even the most uninformed or lightly informed. I consider myself, Jay, lightly informed about boxing. Not totally uninformed. I get it, and I've seen a few fights and all, but I'm not very sophisticated. I had the exact same card as Harold Letterman. Go figure. If
2: they would have scored a draw, I would have been happy with that, and I went to the third one. But to give the fight to Canelo, I was not happy about that.
1: Okay. All right. Anything else on the fight? You'd Uh, you'd You'd pay for a third one, wouldn't you?
2: I didn't pay for this one, but I'd go to somebody's house and watch
1: it. <laughs> you'd be you'd be interested in watching it, though, right?
2: I would definitely watch a third one, but right. I don't think I don't think Triple G has a hot one more high level fight because he's thirty six. He's old, yeah, yeah. So would uh, it,
1: would you be interested in watching this proposed rematch uh, between Roy between uh,
2: God? I cannot fucking think tonight. Floyd, Floyd Mayweather, Floyd Mayweather, and, and Manny Pacquiao,
1: and Manny Pacquiao.
2: I would not watch it if it was playing across the street. I'd shut the blinds.
1: Got it. So even for free.
2: But it's a, it's but boxing is what very if,
1: weird. What if Pacquiao though actually doesn't have a bum shoulder this time?
2: Uh, no, I'm still not watching it. And it, it's see I, that, there's that's that's one
1: of the that's one of the biggest fight. I mean, the fight game is so dirty. It's so crooked. It's so so much of a scam. It is that you can have a fight in which they tell you afterwards, "Oh yeah, Pacquiao. Yeah, he had a he had a bad shoulder." what how can yeah, you tell fight, yeah. after the fight was over it's like what i paid money for this <laughs> i might have bet on the fight and now you're telling me and now they're going to roll out another rematch and a and a preponderance of suckers are going to pay for the fight
2: but the, anyway, there are, we know but they there are some like I, in, in the world of boxing right now the f- four best fighters three of which are not from this country, which is one reason why nobody cares. the, the, the Triple G, Canelo, Terence Crawford, and Vasiliy Lomachenko—those are the four best fighters right there. But none of, or three out of the four, don't speak English, and they're not recognizable. But those are the, the Vasiliy Lomachenko is the best boxer I've seen in like fifteen years. Okay. he is awesome, and and if anybody, he has made guys quit. During the fight, like they were like, I'm done. I'm not fighting this guy anymore because I can't beat him. But nobody knows who he is because he's from Uzbekistan or Pakistan or something, somethingstan, and nobody cares. Right. If he was if he was a heavyweight and American, we'd be you know tripping over ourselves. But he's from, you know, Eastern Europe, and nobody cares. Right.
1: Okay. All uh, right. Real quick, uh, Burton Ernie Gay. Did you know that? How about that? I I Not that there's that anything alley. wrong with it. And Sesame Street and now the guy who said that they were gay puppets are scrambling to say, oh, no, 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 no. I, I didn't mean that exactly. Should Sesame nope. Street be more progressive and step out in front and say, sure, and there's nothing wrong with that? They seem to be paranoid at the backlash from those parents who were like, you sick fucks, these are puppets. They don't even have genitalia. Why the fuck would you be saying they're gay now? I can't watch Sesame I, Street.
2: I, I, I mean, come on. Did, did it do anything to our childhoods that we grew up on Bert and Ernie and they were two guys living together and making us <laughs> making us smile? Nobody cares.
1: Nobody cared. They're, they're, they're just such great characters. Uh, you know, Ernie was just great. <laughs> hey, Bert, buddy boy. <laughs> And Bert was all straight laced and nerdy, and Ernie was fucking with him. My my favorite bit was when Ernie tries to even up the licorice pieces by nibbling a little snip off of the two pieces, and he he keeps missing it, so they're not even. He's like, "Hold on, let me bite some off of this." He ends up eating them both. And Bert's the fact
2: like, "That you remember that is funny and sad at the same time."
1: Do you remember anything of Bert and Ernie? Do you remember that bit that I'm talking about?
2: I just re- I just remember uh sesame street but
1: okay i I
2: was i I was i was a big bird guy big bird was my favorite
1: big bird was your man
2: yeah big bird what about mr hooper oh the guy who uh, who cranky old man
1: who owns the corner store yeah 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 how about the smooth brother on the street on sesame street who was that do you remember who that was
2: but i i know you're talking about that dude like went crazy and he's dead
1: okay black guy on sesame street sorry that i'm google searching right now
2: yes uh, he, he he had some problems late in life and he died
1: oh no gordon
2: yes remember gordon oh wait yes and the, the funniest bit ever you didn't watch 30 rock did you uh no okay well well uh, well no, i Morgan's did kid.
1: i did but I, not enough to remember things go ahead
2: well, well, uh, Tracy Jordan was Tracy Morgan's character. Yeah. he was. There was an episode where he was. Uh, he did a he did a movie and he said the Black Avengers, which were a high-ranking uh, black group of people who didn't like anything that made black black people look bad. He said they uh, they broke they uh, ruptured Terrell uh, Terrell Owens' uh, Achilles for that fact. And he said the Black Avengers were Oprah, Colin Powell, and Gordon from Gordon from Sesame <laughs> Street. <laughs> And they met, and they met in the eye of the Lincoln Memorial once a month.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. That's good, right there. Uh, Gordon Robinson is the name of the character on Sesame Street, and he was played Jay by multiple different actors. He was played. There was a
2: younger black guy, though. There was a younger black guy too. Hold
1: on, Garrett Saunders performed him in Test Pilots, then Matt Robinson, then Hal Miller, and then Roscoe Orman was the guy who performed season six plus. Bald-headed, mustache, nice fella.
2: Gordon, again, Gordon was all, I, I cannot, I'm looking up the guy who who died, and of course, I cannot find it now, of course. Thank you, Wikipedia. Way to to fail me.
1: One last thing on pop culture movies and perhaps some Afro-American-centric items. Did you see where LeBron is greenlighting with Maverick Carter, Space Jam 2, that is also going to include the director of Black Panther? Ryan Coogler. Yeah, he's involved in Space Jam 2, this time with LeBron. Good it'll idea, be good if Ryan Kubler's doing it. If okay.
2: Ryan Kubler's doing it, it'll be good.
1: Okay. Uh, did you see this first Space Jam?
2: Yes. Okay. Yes. Well, I have not.
1: I have not seen it. I need to. It's a. It's a hole in my resume, just like I have never seen. Oh golly, Uh what a great night for not remembering shit. The the basketball movie that was based on T C Williams in the District. Or the football team, remember the Titans.
2: Oh, remember the Titans, yeah. Uh, well I did like that until I found out there were many inaccuracies, so it wasn't that great to me anymore. Really? It's Hollywood. Yeah, they they they, they took a lot of license. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Let me ask you this. Did you watch LeBron's the, the 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 barber shop? Did you watch that?
1: Uh I didn't watch it, but I read Whitlock's review of it. Or not read it, I saw Whitlock's critique of it, and I immediately thought of you because Whitlock crushed LeBron for a lot of things, saying, first of all, nobody drinks wine in a barbershop. Secondly, nobody has a white Jew in there leading the discussion, which is what John Stewart was doing.
2: Okay, for, for he wasn't leading the discussion, he was chiming in. Okay, well, right. but it, Go, but ahead. Go was, ahead, I'm all ears. But that was as close to the atmosphere in a barbershop as I've seen. It, it was it was it was a lot of shit talking. Uh, if the only thing I there were ladies there, and there are ladies at a, at barbershops in our community if there are ladies getting their hair done. But no ladies just sitting no there. No
1: hanger-ons. No hollerback yeah, girls. No hanger.
2: No no hanger-ons.
1: No, no, no short. Shaw- I thought it was pretty
2: good. I thought it was pretty good. How do you feel about
1: LeBron James, who is normally very polished, very PG thirteen, accessible to all age groups and all races, dropping F bombs? Did you think that was good or bad? I I was shocked by that.
2: I wasn't shocked at all. I wasn't shocked. That's because that's how but he did make me laugh when he said he didn't know what a pantry was until he got into high school and went to a white person's house. That made (laughs) me laugh out loud.
1: Okay. One of the one of the criticisms that Whitlock made was in cases like where LeBron was bringing up the, you know, the the graffiti on his gate, that yes. none of the guys in the barbershop are like, "Why don't you move?" Like that normally would be a, a rejoinder to somebody in the barbershop if you are talking about, "Man, I am living in this neighborhood where someone painted some shit on my on my gate that nobody said, really, why didn't you move?" That's that's what Whitlock. brought Shut up! It's just it. one. It's one of multiple things. Anyway, I don't know. I've never been in. Uh, an authentic black barbershop? What, Remember when
2: we tried to we tried to replicate that in the studio with my barber Kevin. I do. Yes, we tried to. That was a good try. Would Didn't I not go off as it should have? But if, it was a pretty good try.
1: If I walked in to a barbershop, shop, a true black barber shop, somewhere in if not the hood, in a you know urbanized part of the city, would everything come to a sudden halt? As they would go like, shh, shh, hold on a second. Who is this who is this white guy in here? Or uh, or would I be welcome with open arms?
2: Last week I was getting my hair cut at the barbershop and a football player from Maryland, and I guess he's been there a while. He walked in and nobody said anything. Sat down and white waited guy? his turn. White guy waited okay. his turn.
1: Cool. If I'm because a white guy, a- if I'm a white guy in a black barbershop and everyone's riffing going back and forth, can I jump on in
2: with my take? Ooh. That's a good one. Okay, if you're a if you're a, if you're a member that's been there for a while. A member. Yes. A member if, there's uh, memberships to barbershops? Well, if you go if, if you're you a go, regular,
1: if you're a regular. A black
2: a black having a black barber is like a lifetime commitment. I've had the same barber for like 20 years. Okay. So, I've gone to the same shop for like 20 years. Okay. But so if you're a regular, you can say what you want. But if you're a newbie, nah, just pipe down.
1: Is there no. is, is there a is there like a a subway sandwich card where they punch Uh, a hole so that (laughs) once you right so once you get to 12 punches okay now you can speak up you can jump into the fray but don't say no racist shit now and you better check your privilege while you're at it
2: i think i think if you've been there for six months you're allowed to say what you want to all right
1: all right very good a lot of stuff we've left on the racket here but that's okay we'll get to it in another episode are you ready for ftg this week yes all right stand by because here we go you like CeeLo Green, by the way?
2: Uh, yes, I wish he'd make guy. a comeback and do something. I'm
1: the guy. fuck that guy. Fuck that guy. I think, you know, part of him coming back is this whole date raping chicks. You know, that's sort of frowned upon <laughs> in this day and age.
2: Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's not something people like to do. Yeah. Nowadays.
1: All right, Jay, who is your fuck that guy for the week?
2: Uh, Stephen a Smith and Teddy Atlas. Did you see the clown show of those two guys on the sports center after the fight? Can I say, can I
1: say step and fetch it? Or is that not? I was
2: going to say it's a minstrel show. It was a minstrel show between those two. It was bad. I don't know who,
1: I I saw some of the clips.
2: Smith has to be in everything on ESPN.
1: Well, he he's the he's the magic sauce at ESPN that makes everything better, or so the producers think. Now, in fairness, I think Stephen A. knows they need to lose their
2: jobs quickly. Well, I think Stephen A. I I think
1: Stephen A. knows boxing though. I think of all their other personalities, he's pretty good on boxing.
2: No, I'm not. I was not a fan of what I saw Saturday night. And to those two with your minstrel show. I say,
1: F those guys. F those guys. All right. My fuck that guy for the week goes to one Tom Rinaldi of ESPN. Now, Rinaldi, I have usually liked very much. He is usually the king of the trinkly piano piece features about some poor kid with some horrible disease. Where by the end of the piece with Tom Rinaldi on Sunday morning, you're going. Is it Dusty in here? I'm not crying. You're crying. (laughs) Jay, Tom Rinaldi's interview with Urban Meyer was a goddamn embarrassment to journalism. (laughs) He sat there, Rinaldi, and acted like his face was like, what are you sorry about, Urban? Really? What do you think? What does this message say to other women? What you did? It was so preachy and so non-journalistic and he acted so aghast that oh my god you're such an evil person because you didn't fire this coach soon enough the coach was fired it just wasn't soon enough for the media and urban meyer took a three-game suspension urban meyer didn't lay a finger on anybody i hate the media stance on this urban meyer yes he lied at media day i'll grant you that he's slimy i'll grant you that But I don't think Urban Meyer is a monster who doesn't give a shit about domestic violence because otherwise he wouldn't have intervened with his wife to try to sort this couple out the first time when they were at Florida. I think this was a tough situation. He didn't want to just fire the guy and send the family into chaos. And it it got away from him. I don't think Urban Meyer is an evil person. I don't think he gives a you know, blind eye to domestic violence. But the way the Tom Rinaldi's of the world are like, what are you sorry for? Are you really? And, and then people criticizing Urban Meyer. He still came off like a dolt. Okay, fine. He can't win. Rinaldi, you're better than this. F
2: that guy. It's so hard to like Urban Meyer. It's so hard to. I don't
1: too. like him. It's not liking him. I hate the media. It's a big difference. Jay, always a pleasure, my friend. Shall we see you you, next week? All right, buddy. See ya.
2: Yes, you shall. Bye-bye.
1: We'll end on this one today. Ticketmaster, even sleazier than you think they are. I was talking about this with ticket fees, I believe, on my local show. Not sure if I mentioned it here on the ZabeCast. It does blend together. But apparently, so I I said how I went to Ticketmaster. I went to the Redskins' own website. For this coming game against the Packers, and I said, hmm, okay, buy tickets. Let me, just, let me just see what this looks like if I'm some chump off the street that has sucker written on my forehead." So I go to Redskins.com, and I by the way, there was no fake Kevin Costner story on their website, at least that I didn't see. And I click on purchase tickets, and it takes me through to the interface and da, 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 da and I'm like, all right, let me just pick some upper deck nosebleeds." Where basically nobody sits now, although maybe they will for the Packer game because it's gonna be a lot of Packer fans at the game. Click on them and I find two tickets for $125 a piece. But wait, there's more. $1495 service fee times two, five dollar facility fee. What the fuck is that? Times two. And a four ninety five processing fee, which thankfully they don't double you up on. They just hit you with it once. And I'm like God, what a fucking scam this is. And then people were saying to me, geez, you must never buy tickets. This is how the world works. This is how Ticketmaster works. They have a monopoly. They, uh, People have tried to break them up. You can't do anything about it. This is what they do. This is how they break knees and make their money. And then people suggested StubHub. Then people suggested eBay. Then some said Craigslist, Craigslist, although that's very sketchy. Others said, uh, just go to the parking lot the day of the game. My point was, I'm not going to the game. I have no plans to go to the game. I was just curious as to, okay, if I bought tickets, what could I buy them for officially? And that's when I was, like, smacked in the face with, God, these fees are outrageous. Anyway, it gets worse. Apparently, the CBC, in conjunction with the Toronto, uh, what Toronto newspaper? Toronto Star, did an undercover investigation in which they sent reporters posing as scalpers, to the Ticket Summit 2018 convention in Las Vegas. Posing as scalpers and equipped with hidden cameras, the journalists were pitched by Ticketmaster on their so-called professional reseller program. This program, by the way, is not found anywhere on Ticketmaster's website or anywhere in their printed materials and you had to uh to uh, sign up for it. to access the company's trade desk website a person must first send in a registration request so it's kind of this hidden thing basically ticketmaster told these scalpers look we don't report people uh, that have multiple accounts or have bots that buy tickets to events and then resell them we don't care said one sales rep for ticketmaster quote this is to an undercover Journalist posing as a scalper, quote, I've got brokers that have literally a couple hundred accounts. It's not something that we look at or report. By partnering with these scalpers, Ticketmaster has done an about-face from its position of less than a decade ago, when then-CEO of the company, Irving Azoff, hey, he used to be the Eagles band manager, told U.S. legislators, quote, I believe that scalping and resales should be illegal. The audience had heard that Ticketmaster has developed a professional reseller program at the convention and within the past year launched Trade Desk, a web based inventory management system designed just for scalpers. The company touts it as, quote, the most powerful ticket sales tool ever. Trade Desk allows scalpers to upload large quantities of tickets purchased from Ticketmaster's own site and quickly list them again for resale. With the click of a button, scalpers can hike or drop prices on reams of tickets on Ticketmaster's site based on their assessment of fan demand. And like I said, neither Trade Desk nor the Reseller Program are mentioned anywhere on Ticketmaster's website or in its corporate reports. <laughs> While Ticketmaster has a quote, buyer's abuse division that looks out for blatantly suspicious online activity. The presenter at this conference said that the resale division doesn't police trade desk users. "Quote, we don't share reports, we don't share names, we don't share account information with the period with the primary site period." This was when he was asked by the reporter if he cares that scalpers use bots to buy their tickets. Well, well, well. So in other words, Ticketmaster is Almost just in the fees business. And the tickets, eh, you can have them, sell them, resell them. Just as long as we get our processing fee, that's all we care about. They're like the printer industry that will give you this brand new, should-be $500 color inkjet oversized Hewlett-Packard printer. They they should sell it to you for five six seven hundred dollars and it's like ninety nine dollars and you're like hmm seems weird why is this printer which has got all these specs to it and it's wireless and it does this and does it, why a hundred hundred bucks because when you go to buy the ink every year you're in for two hundred and ninety eight dollars yes that's what I spent on printer ink I made the mistake of buying an HP color laser jet printer why. Because it was cheap. And I thought, this is good. You know, my wife and my family, and I do too, sometimes like to print things out in color. Not necessarily photographs. Who prints photos at homes these days? Nobody. But I said, yeah, pr- a color printer would be good. HP, I trust them. They make good printers. Not like those shit Sabre printers. Oh, wait a minute. That was The Office. Those were fictional. Whatever. Uh, brother. The brother printers suck. I own a brother printer. They're the worst. Anyway, so I, uh, I buy the printer. And boy, am I now getting reamed on ink every single year. We don't print a ton of stuff. I swear to God, I don't think we do. And yet, I am replacing all four of those LaserJet ink cartridges every year to the tune of about $300 for the four of them. The black, the cyan, the magenta, and the, what would be the fourth one? Yellow? Yellow? Yeah, I think that's it. Cyan, magenta, yellow and black. Whatever. So I what I do on these uh cartridges cuz I just kind of want to keep track of like how long do these last, I will take a Sharpie pen and I'll write on the cartridge the date that I put it in. And sure enough, you know, these lasted about 11 months this last run. <laughs> I buy the I buy the cartridges at 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 Staples and I'm like Ugh! God, this is a punch to the dick right now, $300 on ink, something that gives me no joy in life, but i got to buy it. Wife has to print something out for Sunday school, needs to be in color, got to get the cartridges. I buy the cartridges, no less no less than two minutes after my purchase, as I'm walking to my car, I get a text message from my credit card company that said, uh, we just noticed there's a charge for two hundred and ninety-eight dollars at Staples. Where we're just trying to make sure that this is okay with you. Click this if it's okay or ignore if or ignore if it is or click this if you think this is fraud. <laughs> I should have clicked yes. I should have said yes. A crime has been committed, MasterCard or, or Visa. I have been gouged for three hundred dollars for fucking ink. And I know what you're gonna say. There's programs that'll refill your ink cartridges, for a whole lot less. Maybe even for my own printer. Maybe you'll say, get rid of that printer, get get a cheaper printer that doesn't have as expensive of ink. I, whatever. I, I just don't have the time for it. I'm going to get gouged for that printer ink, just like you and I are going to get gouged by Ticketmaster, whether it's from them directly or from scalpers who are re-uploading the tickets just so Ticketmaster can get fees multiple times. <laughs> Ticketmaster's like, this is great. We got two sets of fees, one to the scalper, and another set of fees to the sucker who buys them again. Life is good, I suppose, for them. By the way, no fees on a premium subscription to the Zabecast. That's right. Tomorrow, you're going to get week three of Football Five Ways Friday, only four ninety nine a month to get the premium Friday shows. It helps support this broadcast overall in case you're a free rider from Monday through Thursday, and I really appreciate your support. Thank you for listening. Download, subscribe, comment, and like. Tell three friends if you can. Get on out of here, and we will see you next time.